This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, and I mean a good morning, beautiful Saturday morning shaping up out there. Frank Proctor, the uh, sous chef of the garden. And here we are, Charlie, on Earth Day. One more time. Yes, indeed. And look, the, it's starting to turn blue out there. Yeah. The clouds are thinning, the sun is shining. It was quite shining. cloudy about 6 o'clock this yep, morning. Yep. It was very, I thought, oh, that, that forecaster was all wrong yesterday. But no, no, no it's no. looking good. Yeah, and looking in great. celebration of Earth Day. You've brought a special mm, guest. I have a special dirty mm. friend here. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark DeZero has joined us. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Well, how, what are you doing to celebrate Earth Day? Well, I'm I'm here with you today. There you and go. Very happy to be here. Talking Thank you dirt. so much. I've got a little choice. I'm, I'm going to clean up your act, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, too. Exactly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, you silly people. I better, I better get the phone numbers on the air so we know what we're doing, right? Okay, if you're in the Toronto area and you want to get a hold of Charlie and tell her anything, tell her off, whatever. Four one six. 3600740 and anywhere else in the province toll free 18667404740 and keep in mind a little mantra if you would please call early call often one question per call you can always call back okay and then if you're a first time caller please let Sebastian know and when you get to the air you'll be welcomed by our little uh, Bell, get your wings, your garden wings. Garden as it wings. Were. Garden wings. Yes. Mark, come on. You look like you've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've heard of it many times. But <laughs> there you the, go. The fact that, that the bell is no longer for me. Uh, is, yes. You know, it's lost it's, its appeal. Yes. <laughs> well, have you ever called the show? I'm going. No. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. See, you could call in and the bell could be for you. The bell could this be for I could pretend. I could just lie. This is going to be a wacky show, I can tell right after that. Okay, what have you got for us, Oh, Charlie? you know it's that time of year. There's tons uh, going on. So, uh, of course, number one, we are marking the special day by um, welcoming Mark to zero to the show. He is the creator of www.gardentoronto.ca, which is a wonderful website and Mark stays right on top of everything that's going on in the gardening world wow. and is constantly updating that site. So you want to know what's going on? Check GardenToronto.ca. I also promoted you as a rose specialist. It is true. And I, I commented last week that people should get their hard questions in order to give a call today to put you on the spot and ask you some tough rose questions. But Mark, you're a bit of a breeder. I mean, that's part of what you do, right? Yes. I I, I do like Canadian rose hybridizing. I and, yeah. I and I do a lot of hybridizing myself. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've you got know. stuff to share that way for people that want to learn more or ask questions? Sure. Okay. Also going on today from noon until 4 o'clock, celebrate Earth Day at the Toronto Botanical Gardens Teaching Garden. All free, no registration required, fully accessible. Help plant the teaching garden, create na- nature crafts, 
uh, learn about urban wildlife. All kinds of stuff going on. Healthy smoothies are being made with FoodShare's Blender Bike, which I think is pretty fun. Recycle your old batteries. Lug-a-mug and water bottle to help reduce waste at the event. So that's today, Toronto Botanical Gardens, uh, right through till 4 o'clock, noon till 4. This Monday, the Midland Horticultural Society is excited to celebrate 120 years, and they've got the famous Paul Zamet in attendance at their meeting. Uh, thank you to the Midland Hort Society for contacting me about 47 times to make this, this uh, uh, announcement on their behalf. So, yeah, I'm on it. Thanks a lot for letting me... Give me the information. Paul was in Penetanguishing last Monday. He's in Midland this Monday. He is presenting Container Gardening, 7.30 p.m. at the North Simcoe Sports Centre. And another special event is the Toronto Rhododendron Society holding their annual Rhododendron and Azalea plant sale. That's tomorrow, starts at 10 o'clock in the Garden Hall at the TBG, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Of course, those of you out there who love rhodos and azaleas, there are many varieties not commonly found in garden centres that will be available. There'll be planting demonstrations. There'll be all kinds of expertise available. If you're having any issues with rhodos or azaleas or you wish to grow them and want more information, check them out tomorrow at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. All righty. There it is. Okay, that's it? That's it for now. Boy, oh boy, I know. I, it's, I could go on. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's we that won't. time of year. <laughs> We've got a number of callers we want to get to. They're hanging in on the line right now as we speak. You are listening to The Gardening Show or The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, <laughs> AM 740. And we're broadcasting, of course, live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. We'll get to your calls, Sharon and West Lauren, right off the top in just moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And let's welcome in Sharon from West Lorne. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Beautiful day. Yes. Yes, finally. Um, what I'm calling about is um, trimming or pruning um um, well, to start off with, is a fire bush and a burning bush the same thing? Uh, well, pyracantha is sometimes called fire thorn. Is it a? Um... It, it's quite. It, it's about. They're about five feet tall. Okay. And they turn red in the in the fall. Okay. And do they have any prickles on them? Uh, no. Okay, so it's probably burning bush. Okay. Commonly referred to as burning bush, but its uh, proper name is Euonymus alata. Anyway, okay. doesn't matter. Boy, it is Whatever. Wet. Yeah, so it turns bright, it burns, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you've got it obviously in a good sunny spot. It's about five feet tall and wide. And yes, it's getting it's getting kind of wide. It's both, getting... the, both of them. There's one on one side of, of the mm. planter and one on the other side. Right, so what's, you probably want it to be no bigger than probably about four feet. Yeah, okay. Okay, so keep in mind it's going to grow about six inches over the growing season. Okay. So you're going to want to cut it back to three and a half feet in order to allow it to get to the four feet by the end of the summer. Now, before cut it, it burns. Now. Yep, now's the time. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. First, look for anything dead, diseased, damaged, crossing branches, anything that's growing to the inside and causing all kinds of um, density on the, on the inside of the plant where things tend to die. So do that first. Clear out anything that's obviously dead or diseased or damaged. And then after that, just stand back and prune it for shape to the okay. best of your ability. It is a plant that we tend to just give a haircut to, kind of an all-over trim, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, keep mm. it a, in sort of a nice shape that way. Okay. Okay, All right. so I can, we can do 
it now then. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Have you, a good day and a you. good weekend. Thank and you very you much, Sharon. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. Take care of West Lauren Forest. Tomorrow is going to be just yeah. gorgeous. 18 degrees. And pure sun. That's oh, I, I've got it in you. my calendar. <laughs> Garden, nothing else, no distractions. I'm Good outside. Yeah, but I think for most people, it's clean up exactly yeah, what's, yeah. what's yeah. there because you can't really get the the spade no. in the ground. It's too wet. Right it's now. too wet. Exactly. I was going to say my very water retaining soil yeah. is mush. So what? no, but I haven't even raked a lawn or anything like that. So it's time to even put a little fertilizer on it. Yeah. So mind you, a lot of people are thinking about mowing. I think because the grass is like growing. growing. Where I am, it's like a foot tall. Really? Ditches. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you're gardening in Brantford, just outside Brantford. Yeah, Brant County. Yeah, Brant ha- County. Halfway between Brantford and Ancaster. So you're just that much warmer, I guess, than we are. It is, but it's been the well, no, no, not yeah. really. It's it's been the wet. Yeah, the wet. it's made things and grow. And we've had a few days of sun, and you know. Yeah, my grass is definitely up, but I have a lot of bulbs in my lawn. So the last thing I'm going to do is cut my lawn. Like I leave it till the bulbs are yeah. done. So my mom's in uh, Niagara on the Lake, and she's mowed three times already. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Niagara on the Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Old. It's kind of tropical there. Plus, she doesn't like a mess. She likes everything neat. So oh, she wants she's it a all. tidy person. Yes. So I have been doing some pruning and cleaning up, but I've been doing it from the edges of the driveway or the edges of the walkways. Because you're right. Don't want to step on the soil if you can avoid it. Okay. We better get along to uh, another caller here. My golly. Yeah, there's right. June. Welcome in. Uh, June, nice to have you with us. Okay. Much, and thank you for taking my call. I have moss in my lawn. Okay. I have quite a large property. Um, a couple of years ago, I used a spray on the hose moss out, which worked quite well. Um, someone suggested lime, so I was just wondering, Charlie, what you thought would be the best plan to attack. You know what's the best plan is eliminate the conditions that are allowing the moss to grow. Then you won't have to worry about it. And what are the conditions that encourages moss? Shade, moisture, and uh, low pH. Okay. Well, okay. one area is quite shady, so I realize that's probably the problem. The other is in the sun, and um, it's a relatively high spot, so it isn't mm. getting, you know, the moisture would run off mm-hmm. that area. Okay. So it could, yeah, all right, so it could be a pH issue in that situation. Um, okay. It could just be that the moss is traveling. I mean, yeah. What I would do, I mean, yes. So what we do is we try to uh, help with, with drainage. So whether it's mm-hmm. add, adding some sand or modifying grades a tiny bit, just to make sure that the water is running away from the areas where, where we've got low spots. Okay. Um, you can dig out the moss, top dress and overseed, you know, set up a better lawn to grow in that situation. Um, lime, of course, will raise your pH. So that oh. that's, that's why horticultural lime is recommended because... Low pH encourages the moss to grow. Um, so there's sort of those things. And then you're right, the moss out stuff is based on soap. It's a soap solution that, again, is applied to the soil and to the moss, again, with the intention of raising the pH. So okay. whatever works for you, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, you know, the, I, it, you'll just have to keep eliminating, like, pulling out the moss and spraying unless you can really modify, like I say, the grade. And check your pH. Instead of just adding horticultural lime, I'd be inclined to do a pH test. And there's simple little pH testers you can get at any garden center. Right. Someone also suggested they read online about using dish soap spraying. Would that work the same as the... Well, that's it's the same as long as it's soap. If it's dish detergent, it will not work the same. 
Right. Because right? Okay. soap will modify pH. Detergent will not. Well, it'll probably help you get rid of grubs as well if you're, if you're spraying soap on, on the lawn yeah. as well. So well. It's, it's not going to hurt. But you have to worry sometimes about what's down the hill. If you change yeah. the pH of mm. the lawn, then if you've got azaleas or things that are more sensitive to yeah. pH, pH levels, mm-hmm. you may mess them up. Yeah, or there's a stream downstream, you know, where you don't want to be pouring lime in. So, yeah, you're right. You have to look uh, kind of yeah. big picture. To every action, there is a reaction. You know, Ooh, if, ooh let's get you, philosophical here. You, know, you fix one thing and you mess up another true. and then yeah. you no, pull your hair out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Uh, excellent. You know, yeah. If you can live with the moss... It, you know, there's it is bigger, green. There are bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, you know. well, I like a nice green grass lawn. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, June. okay. Thanks, thank you, June. Much, thank you for thank you for joining us. Kind of picture in your mind uh, what this next place we're going to visit in just a moment. Victoria Harbor near mm. Midland. Doesn't that sound Sounds picturesque? Lovely. Mm. Mm. I want to be there right now. Well, and a first-time caller awaits oh. from that area, too, to join uh, Charlie and, and Mark here on the show. So stay tuned. And keep in mind, uh, we have a rose expert with us, so for heaven's sakes, if you have a rose question, get that in for Mark, okay? Uh, and we take a little bit of a break here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, let's take that little trip to Victoria Harbor near Midland and... There you go. Debbie, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, good morning. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because I have a poinsettia that was given to us when we moved up here in November. Mm -hmm. And it's green, it's healthy, but I'm not getting any. I have some red leaves, but not many. And I'm wondering if that's normal or if there's anything I should feed it. Was it red when you were given it in November? Yes. Right. So that's absolutely normal. The red leaves that you saw at Christmas time had turned red as a result of day length. So for a poinsettia to show color, whether it's pink or white or red, they need what you get at the tropics, which is 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of light. And they are a tropical plant. Here, of course, in January, December, we're down to six hours of dark, or six hours of light, and 18 hours of dark. So we don't; it doesn't naturally happen here the way it does in the tropics. Okay. So for now, it's done its thing. The red leaves drop or uh, turn back to green. Typically, we'll prune back. We'll just do a little bit of tip pruning on the plant. Sunshine, water as necessary. Definitely feel free to give a little fertilizer once a month. Get it outside for the summer. Put it in the shade, out in your garden, leave it in the pot, water as necessary, bring it in before frost if you wish, and then your job will be to start giving it the 12 hours light and dark treatment in order to get the color again for Christmas. So I could basically put it in a closet. You could, but you got to go in and out every yeah. 12 hours. Right. Place it into a room that, that normally isn't illuminated at night. Mm-hmm. So it only gets daylight and, and then is dark in the evening. Because a lot of times if you have it in the family room where you're up until yeah. after the news, it's not going to get those light triggers to or change color. you put it in a closet and then you forget it's in there and you open the closet at 10 o'clock yeah. at night and then you just messed up the dark period. So right. it works best, you're right, if you have an unused room in your house and 
has a, a window that gets good light, but there's no street lights coming in because no, that we affects. Have no street lights up here. No, you don't because you're in Victoria <laughs> Harbor. What a beautiful sounding place. It is beautiful. We've actually moved up here from Brampton. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it is beautiful. We actually, um, just near Port McNichol. Mm, very pretty. Well, yeah, so so your job is to carry on with that poinsettia and see, well, call us again in the fall, if you wish. We can get into the, the dark light treatment then, but for now, you're just going to care for it as a regular houseplant and get it out for the summer if you can. Okay, and is there some sort of um, spray to repel insects from this thing? Because we have a lot of insects up here. Okay, there's really no insect that's going to attack a poinsettia except maybe aphids. And as long as that plant is happy and healthy and cared for, aphids will never find it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so don't, don't worry. Mosquitoes and that sort of thing, they don't, they don't care about poinsettias. They're looking okay. for you. Thank you very much, Debbie, and uh, good luck with all of that, and uh, a pleasure welcoming you from Victoria Harbor. How about that? I like that name. Um, As we say goodbye to Debbie, that leaves a line open. Let me repeat the phone numbers for those of you maybe new to the station, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area callers, and anywhere else in the province, like up there in Victoria Harbor, 1-866-740-4740. And Richard, Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. Good. Um, I heard you talking about lawns, and my lawn's about the same as yours. It's squishy, and there's uh, bare spots, maybe some a foot and a half by two feet. When should I start overseeding and and patching my lawn? As soon as you can walk on it without it being squishy. Okay, that, that, so it should dry right out? Well, the, the rule of thumb is you pick up a handful of soil from an open area in your garden, right. and you clench that handful of soil in your hand, and you right. open up your hand, and if that soil sticks together in a, in a clump in your hand and is just a little ball of you mud. know wet mud, yeah. it's right. too wet for you to be walking on your lawn or working in your garden. If you can open your hand and just, you know, gently tap that little ball of mud and it falls apart into loose soil, then you're good to go to get out there and start doing whatever digging or raking, top dressing, overseeding required uh, lawns and gardens. Okay, so I should even stay off it for as far as raking is concerned. You should Uh if it's that spongy. What? With marks jumping in here. See, I would have, have, if I was overseeding, I would have done it uh, last week. Yeah. I would have done it. Early because it's we're not getting the frost at night, no. and it's moist enough. Grass seed likes cool moisture to to germinate, mm-hmm. and I would have done that last week. And then if it had started putting out little roots, we've got this five days of sun that's coming up, right. and it would have. And and you don't want to feed the birds. The later you wait to seed, you're you're going to be. Oh, I got birds. I've had birds all winter. I know, but... (laughs) So would you tell Richard then to go ahead and do it now? Do it. Well, do it, except for the walking on the lawn part. No, don't walk on the lawn. Well, so he's going to stand and he's going to... Well, I mean, I can't do it without walking. Super soaker to send the seed and the water (laughs) out onto the lawn. See, I live on a farm, so I have to walk from the house to the barns, into the drive shed and the outbuildings and that sort of thing. So I don't have. I would. Some of us are much more manicured than you. I would just, you know, (laughs) seed away if 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 I was so inclined. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, depending on the size property. I mean, Richard's calling from, from Oakville. So, I mean, he's probably in more like I am in the suburbs. Um, and, yeah, I mean, whatever raking you can do, whatever overseeding and, mm. and top dressing. Because remember, if 
to stop the birds from taking the grass seed, a little you soil yeah. and a little raking afterwards. Yep. And, and it's all about the seed-soil contact. So Mark's mm-hmm. point is a good one. There's lots of moisture in the soil. It's not like you have to put a sprinkler out at this time of year. We've had good, consistent rain, and now we've got good, consistent warmth coming. And we actually haven't even had a frost since March 23rd. So we're oh, like yeah. almost a full month yeah. now with no frost. Yeah. So the soil is starting to warm up. Conditions are excellent for getting grass growing. Yeah. And think about what kind of seed you want to put down, because there are so many different kinds of uh, grass seeds out there. Blends, and, yeah. And they're bloody expensive. Right. So before you put down, you know, 50 bucks on a on a bag of uh, yeah. grass seeds. I yeah. bought some of this One Step that with everything included in it, mm-hmm. you know, with the fertilizer and everything. Uh, and it comes with okay. a paper mulch, I yes. think, doesn't it? It's, uh, Yeah. It's all shredded up paper, and it's, yeah. So that's easy, you know. But, again, you have to be out on the lawn to, to do the patching. So follow the instructions to the to the letter with that particular product, and you should have good success. Okay. 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 Thank you, Richard. Not Thank only you. am I uh, the sous chef of the garden, but now I'm a uh, referee holding these to a party here. <laughs> Good Lord. I know. I should just take a break. I mean, Mark clearly wants to, you know, take over, so well, I should just let him do it, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I've come here to be insulted. <laughs> exactly. What? Join what? the club. Sensitivity reigns. Well, listen, we, it. I've we got want, something for you. We want Lloyd in Toronto to join us. He's a first-time caller. Oh, excellent. Good morning, Lloyd. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Uh... I have a, a lawn that is, it's not very large, but uh, I, I've uh, got a lot of uh, small bear patches. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've heard several times that, uh, you know, fescue or ryegrass is the best type of seed for to uh, put in. It depends where you're trying to grow the lawn. Is it sunny or is it shady? It's mostly sunny. Oh, okay. And it's in downtown Toronto or where? Uh, in, we're in Scarborough with Sorry. Scarborough Clay. Okay. But, makes a difference because, uh, you know, the quality of the soil makes a difference. The amount of light makes a difference. Because think about where grass naturally grows. Think of the prairies. Think of the wide open skies, wind, sun. Grass is very, very happy. It's perfect. We get into the, the urban environment. We get into the tired soils. We get into shade. We get into the traffic on our lawns, kids, dogs, letter carriers. And the grass isn't so happy. So that's, as Mark pointed out, there's an awful lot of lawn uh, seed blends out there yeah. or mixes. And a lot of them are made to, to they'll combine two uh, or three different kinds of grass seeds. One will get a fast start mm-hmm. and the others will uh, take longer but be more stable and, uh, and, and sturdy. Tolerant of yeah. urban pollution, traffic, that sort of thing. So that's where your fescues and ryegrasses come in. And also they are more tolerant of shade. Sure. Well, one of the problems I see in most places, they're, they're selling uh, or pushing this uh, Kentucky bluegrass, which is great in Kentucky, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to survive well here. Oh, no, it does survive. Well, there's perennial bluegrasses and annual bluegrasses. So there's many uh, and cultivars within the group. So um, you're right. You do not want, I would not overseed with pure Kentucky bluegrass unless I had optimal conditions, meaning eight hours of full sunshine and a lawn to admire but never walk on because it's bluegrass is by far the most beautiful grass but it's not tolerant of traffic and it needs full sun so yeah look for a good blend and just they're they're usually pretty good they'll say for sun for shade for 
sunshade, you know, for high traffic, for uh, clay soils. And so really, you know, but go to a good garden center would be my recommendation. You're in Scarborough. You've got a Sheridan's probably not too far away or somewhere where you can perhaps get some good advice for what they have on hand. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Lloyd. And uh, don't be a stranger. Door is always open here. Coffee's always on. That's well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chris in Dunville is next on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. And if I if I may, can I turn around and plug a home and garden show sure. in my area, sure. Dunville Arena? I know there's a lot of listeners out in this area. I know there are. Yeah, and uh, it uh, was yesterday, and uh, from ten till six or something today, okay. and the Dunville Horticultural Society does a yeoman's job around Dunville with the plants and uh, oh, nice. and uh, and putting on this show. But anyway, my question was, uh, Charlie yes. and Frank, uh, uh, I've got uh, peonies that have been in the same spot for about 35 years, mm-hmm. but I've noticed that they're getting kind of leggy, and uh, when they come up and the flowers aren't quite as large... Uh, can I split those when's the best time to split them? And I know you only plant them as deep as what they are now right? when you transplant, but can you recommend a fertilizer and when to put it on? That's my question. Well, when you said that they're getting leggy, is it possible that some of the trees have grown in the last 30 years and these peonies are in more shade now no, than they used to be? No, they're in the exact same location along the... Uh, uh, along the side of the, the side flower bed on the garage, and it's entirely southern exposure. Mm-hmm, okay. Have Do you uh, amend the soil at all? Do you add composted manure or, or homemade compost or anything well, like that? Well, I was going to turn around, uh, well, I was, I was thinking of putting some sheep manure on it. Okay. I would. Rather than cranking a lot of fertilizer, that's what I would do. I would be amending the soil. If you find that the peonies are just getting smaller and not as beautiful and big and luscious. They they come out good, but they seem to be skinnier. You know? Yeah, they could, they could have just exhausted the um, soil. The soil that's oh, okay. there. Remember, okay. no, no, get... that's not a problem. Cause we, like we live on a farm here. I got all kinds of topsoil. I was going to yeah. say, you got well, make it better than topsoil. Use if you can get some sheep manure, that'd be better. Because remember, it's not like you want to add a couple inches of soil over top of the peony. Like you don't want to raise the garden level. Yeah. You want to just do a, a small half-inch kind of top dressing with really good quality organic um, Oh, okay, yeah that's, uh, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. Like, I buy fertilizer and stuff for the fields. Yeah. So. And, I mean, you can fertilize, but uh, soil is the number one. And, you know, peonies can live for 150 years. Like, you, you don't need to worry about transplanting or any of that unless they're just getting too big for their location. But, but I, I think yeah. splitting is, a, is, a, is an excellent idea because, you know... You it's invigorating. Al- yeah, the the, the Plants do well, and you can always share. You know, people who True. have admired your peony in the past may enjoy getting a piece of it. Particularly if it's got some history attached to it. Um, so uh, when would you do that? Any transplanting, digging, dividing of peonies is in the fall, August, September. August, September. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. preferably September, I guess. Yeah, early September, because if you're going to be doing some digging, dividing, transplanting, you want to get them in the ground so that some roots can start growing before frost. Or you could plant them in – if you have some little pieces that fall off, plant them in pots, put the pots in the ground, and then you've got them to donate to the Hort Society to sell for the home for and garden sale. show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am a member, but like I say, these are about three feet across the, the, Oh yeah. where i got to dig them out. So. Well, if you have a t- 15 minutes to spare – 
there is a great video I watched a couple of years ago on YouTube on just that subject, digging and dividing peonies. So if you just Google that, uh, Google videos, there is an amazing one that goes right down into extreme detail. Okay, Bob. Thanks, That Chris. was very cool that you snuck in a commercial like that. Uh, for your I know. Not bad. <laughs> that, well, the work no, society there. Well, the good announcement. That's good. They yeah. should be sending yeah. me If yeah. I could interrupt for a second. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What, in, in, our on, guest wants to yes, speak. In honor of Earth Day, I thought I'd do something a little special here for Charlie. You brought oh, some dirt. Really? I no. Uh, I <laughs> no. looked into Charlie's past. Uh-oh. And <laughs> what I found there, I found quite interesting. Oh, no. So what oh, I brought. Really? Okay. Are some, well, let's say, dirty magazines <laughs> that I'd like to share right now that Charlie might actually find quite interesting as I as I share them yeah. out. White Rose catalog oh from God. 1981, 94, 95, uh, all the way up hilarious. to uh, to uh, yeah, the yeah, turn yeah. of the century, uh-huh. as we say. Charlie was at White Rose for many, many years. And I think, Eighteen years. I oh was my there. gosh! I think that. I think many people, many Zoomers, yep, who uh, might have these at home as well. Oh my goodness! They would certainly remember White Rose. Yes, because it was a great nursery. Oh, that's yes. a nice. And and it was a. a uh, like a, a craft store as well. And if we take a look at these, we can see if there are any trends that have remained or mm. any that have gone out the window. So I thought I'd bring them in. And there's a, there's a Thanks terrific for sharing terrific all the dirty magazine. The dirty magazine. Is there? Are you <laughs> yeah. in here? Somewhere? I'm there's, in there. No, no, I was right the there. editor. Picture. I was. I was the editor of this guide. Oh, oh you didn't know that. So I you're just thinking know. about trends. Oh no! Flip into it. Look, it's very funny. Look. Uh, well, you, well, you flip through. We we have okay. to take a little bit of a commercial letter break from the here. editor. Otherwise, we're going to get in trouble <laughs> with with our operator back in there. Okay. Sebastian's You're waving his arms. Back Start in a flash. The centerfold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Back in a moment here as we look at the more dirty pictures here. Wow. Wow. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's get out to Don Mills and welcome Bob to the show. Hi, Bob. Welcome huh? welcome along here. Hi, folks. How are you today? Excellent. Great. Uh, so this is part two of Kimberly Ferns, mm-hmm. Charlie. I don't know if you remember. I remember. Back in October, where mm-hmm. we had some neighbors give us some very large Kimberly Ferns, mm-hmm. uh, five of them, and, and you mentioned bring them inside, which we did, mm-hmm. and to get them through the winter. Um, they loved it. Uh, they shed all over the place. They grew, but in our tiny Don Mills bungalow, we, <laughs> it was sort of like the movie The Blob. You know how it took over everything? Day of the Triffids, yep. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I went and I I got a, a bench we had, and I put it, you know, being in Don Mills and all of our houses that leak heat like mad, mm. and I put this bench over a window well on the south side, and I, I put a ferns on that and covered it with a with plastic and blankets and put a light bulb underneath and lo and behold they made it to spring wow so here we are with the with the uh, uh the kimberly ferns outside and my question today is going <laughs> what do we do now we have uh, they're, they're they're sort of uh a little branchy and stringy they, uh, they there's a bunch of brown there's some mm. green that's coming out uh, uh, do we do we repot these things? Do we? Uh, do you see a lot of roots coming out of the bottom of the pots? Uh, not out of the. Or you can see a lot of roots in the bottom, correct? Like coming through the drainage not, holes. Not through the drainage holes, no. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because the repotting thing. You, if you were going to repot, I would do it now. Okay. You probably don't have to repot. You could probably do one more year in these pots, but 
know that you'll need to repot next spring. Mm-hmm. For now, your biggest job is to groom them, comb okay. them with your fingers. Mm. Okay. Just get put on some gloves or not, comb through, get all that brown, that yellow, any stringy, you know, dead-looking stuff needs to be trimmed out with some scissors or pruners. Yep. So what you're going to be left with is a smaller plant, but it should be completely green. Right. And I'd uh, get out my fertilizer because we're certainly at that time of year where an all-purpose fertilizer, uh, you know, following the instructions in terms of mix, would be should be applied to mm-hmm. encourage new growth. And you should have some nice, bountiful, good-looking ferns to put on your front porch or out around the property once we're frost-free. So, you know, another month or so and you're good to go to leave them outside without any coverings. Oh, wonderful. Now, quickly, uh, how you mentioned uh, things get killed at minus 5 uh, degrees. Um, what temperature at night should we be looking at before we put them out uh, for the evening? I would like it to be frost-free. So uh, anything below 2 degrees Celsius, I would not necessarily bring those in the house, but definitely get them in undercover so that yeah. they're under the roof of a porch or a shed or a garage yeah. or anything, just because the way the frost drops. You don't want to lose new growth to frost at this point. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your help. We're looking forward to enjoying them another season. Excellent. Great. Send pictures. Uh, you painted quite a word picture there. Really <laughs> delightful to hear. Um, Astrid in Cottage Country, great little town, Bob Cagey. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome. Good morning, Good morning to Charlie and Frank. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. And um, I have, uh, my question is, I have a two-feet hibiscus plant uh, above the ground mm-hmm. with all the little side branches from last year. Mm-hmm. So it's inside, of course, mm-hmm. and I would like to know what I do, how to uh, prune it, or what's the best thing to do to make it ready for this year. Well, your timing is good because hibiscus are super vigorous plants and they will grow a meter in the summer if you let them, if they're, you know, if they're really happy plants. Yeah. And then by the end of the summer, they're too big to get in the door to bring them back inside and they're typically covered in buds and blooms in August and September. So we hate to prune them then. So yeah. now is your time to be pruning. Now is your time to be saying, all right, either it's just pinching to help the plant branch and you know be better looking, dense, compact plant or really cutting it back, you know, taking a few inches off of every stem so that you've, again, are going to encourage branching and dense growth. Just uh-huh. so it's a better-looking plant, uh-huh. and you should have flower buds forming in the next month or so. Again, fertilizer, not a problem. Days are getting longer. Plants are responding. Feed plants when they're actively growing. So yeah. this is the thing to do. The only other thing is check, you know, it might need repotting. If you do repot it, it's going to even be a bigger plant. So sometimes that's a consideration as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that hi- <clears throat> excuse me. I find that hibiscus um, are often plant one of those plants that have summer leaves and winter leaves, mm. and that when you bring in the plant in the fall, it tends to drop all of those those summer leaves, and it puts on these very weak indoor winter leaves and then you put it out in the spring and the same thing happens again so it is a great time to prune because it's going to be regenerating and making new leaves and 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 plants do that because the um, light levels are so different and the ability to photosynthesize Mm -hmm. so no you're right so yeah so get out those pruners that's your job today thanks astrid thank you for joining us here on on the show and we uh, must take a little bit of a break here but we'll return the garden show from zoomer radio am 740 and 96.7 fm in downtown toronto 
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, our special guest today, Mark DeZero, is a rose expert. And wow, look at this. We have a question from Rosemary in Fort Erie mm -hmm. with roses in mind. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the show, Rosemary. Thank you. And I have to tell you, being in Fort Erie, my husband has cut the grass. <laughs> the rhubarb is up about yes. eight inches. Wow. The hosta, I could sit in front of it and watch it grow. <laughs> oh, you're making everybody jealous. Right wow, ours are still below ground. Everything. Oh, it's 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 beautiful here. The 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 forsythia, the magnolia tree, yeah. two doors oh, down yeah. is is flowering. <laughs> Must be just about done, actually. Well, no, this no. It's, it's cool it's, enough. I would give it another couple of days. It's going to be. It's going to peak. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's, nice time it's of year. Massive. It's a massive tree. Oh, wonderful. Okay. You've got a, a rose question that we better yes, get to. Yes. We're running out of what time. What a thrip! Mm -hmm. I, my first oh. blush is always beautiful. Yes. And then that thrip where it goes and the buds start to crawl over. And I just, I just don't, I've had it for years, and I just don't seem to be able to be able to get on top of it. Yes, unfortunately, with the chemical pesticide bans that, that have been put into place for our own protection, right. uh, there's not that much you can do. Um, the, the soap sprays that we use are only so effective, and you have to keep on it all the time. I think it's a matter of... Uh, balancing what you have, having plants that complement roses, have the big flush in June, July 1st, the Japanese beetle come out and, <laughs> yeah. and wreck everything. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully by September, we have another big flush of bloom. Mm -hmm. But really the only thing that will, will help this is vigilance and, and constant... Uh, Constant spring. spraying. Yeah. Because you don't see the thrips, and you've got oh, to contact no. the thrips with the soap. But what about dormant spray? Would, would oh, that my help? My husband's already put dormant spray on them. Okay. Yeah. No, that it should it's, help. It, it, it can help. But unfortunately, if your neighbor's got roses and they have thrips and they're not spraying, they're going to fly over to your garden No, as it's well. just me. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of roses. And I used to have absolutely gorgeous. And as you say now, it's just the first flush is go and sometimes mm. later on I just don't get flowers. Mm. Yeah. I know I end up having, I have the same thing. I have thrips on some of my roses. So not yeah. all varieties are as susceptible as others. It's, oh really? Yeah. That's my but, feeling. So just be vigilant and just keep spraying when I see something so, or keep spraying even if I don't see anything. Right. Is that the and, idea? And think about think about like I said planting other things that complement roses around them. Mm. Like there are some lovely daylilies and irises. Irises. Well, well, irises are June, but you can get reblooming irises mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. and delphiniums, and, mm -hmm. and oh, to put near them to help with a yeah, thrip. for fill, well, but to also to yeah. also give you some pleasure while the rose is not at its best. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get you, I get you. Okay, and as soon as you see the bud do that little uh, neck, yeah, gooseneck yeah. look. The eggs have been laid by the thrips. That's what causes that, right? And that could also be sawfly as well, because sawfly right. will damage the little neck. True. It'll go boop, 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 boop yep. all the way oh, up yeah. and, and damage it, and it will it will but go. But bottom line is, I prune remove that it. out. Remove it, because then you're going to remove potential I cut them. As soon as problems. I see that, I yeah. try to yeah, cut it too. out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and remove from the property. Don't put in the compost or anything. No. And no, sawflies, no. you're right. Got to be vigilant for those. Whew, yeah. They're camouflaged so beautifully. Well, Rosemary, we have to scoot along oh, right. here, my love. Uh, and uh, I'm doing this really in the, to benefit Dan in East York, who's a first-time caller, oh, and we yep. want to try and squeeze him in. Squeeze him in. That's right. First of all, there's your little bell to welcome you. Dan, welcome along. Thank you. Um, I've actually sent Charlie a couple of uh, emails last summer about my roses, so I'm, I'm not sure that, 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 that may disqualify me as a first time. <laughs> no, that, no, no. You're welcome to the show. You got your wings for sure. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I just have a quick question. I'm about to plant a whole bunch of Morden Blush roses um, around the perimeter of my garden. It's going to be like a lovely rose hedge. And before I do that, I have a whole bunch of tulips that are in the way. And the, the tulips this year are gorgeous. Mm. And I, I've never actually moved uh, uh, tulips at this time of the year. And I'm wondering whether or not I can transplant roses now, even when they're not roses, they're tulips, tulips yeah. sorry, when they're, when they're blooming. Not really. But you can. Tra- I mean, you'll just lose the blooms this year. So I just have to dig them up and then replant in the fall? No, what no. I would do is the tulips that are blooming, just only dig up the ones you have to, obviously. Leave the ones that in, intact if you can. Okay. So, you know, dig up the tulips that are in the way of where the roses are going. Yes. Once they're dug up, you can try, if you've got a spot where they're going, you can try immediately replanting them in their new location. They, oh, may, yeah. so they may continue to bloom through that process. Hopefully they will. If they don't, <clears throat> excuse me, and the flowers keel over, just cut the flowers off. Allow the leaves to stay there, though, because the leaves have to fatten the bulbs up for next year. Absolutely. So, you, sure. like I said, you might just shorten the blooming period of the tulips this year, the ones you're moving. But yes. you should see them perfectly as gorgeous next spring as they would have been this spring. Oh, lovely. Well, thanks so much. Okay. Thank you for your thank call. Thank you, Dan. Don't be a stranger. Always welcome here. That sounds nice, show. eh? Morton Blush mm. Hedge. It mm. is. It is. Oh, okay. Good. So, uh, thank you very much for coming all the way from, bra- like, riding the go train. train. No you had kidding, to get up eh? before wow. the sun came up to get here today. <laughs> True. I know. Well, thank you for coming, Mark. I'm even going to maybe buy you some breakfast or something along the way here. Oh, how nice. How nice. I know, but we are going to go, Mark and I have a plan, we're going to go to Grow Up, for those of you that have never heard of Grow Up. It's an annual event that happens at the Gladstone Hotel at this time of year. Today, of course, Earth Day, big celebrations, uh, and we are going to be there to see what's going on in the installation. Yeah, it's an art exhibit Mm -hmm. uh, done by a variety of different people in in the creative fields, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the artwork is taken out of context, so you see new things that you wouldn't normally uh, see. It's in, a challenge. In a, in a, yes, yeah. it make, makes you think. It does, and it's it's very urban based. It's often urban, even somewhat agriculturally based. There's typically a horticultural flair to it, which is where the grow up comes from. It happens at the Gladstone Hotel, and they use the hotel rooms for some of these installations. And so it's kind of cool. As a guest, you can actually stay in a well, room. Neat. Stay in a room yeah. that's got an art installation. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. So we're going there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's it's really creative when you're used to the the suburban idea of landscape. Or the gallery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I remember when we went a couple of years ago with my daughter, and and even out at the um, the bus stop, they had installed speakers with certain messages 
coming into the bus shelter. So anybody waiting for the bus was hearing things they wouldn't normally hear while they're standing there. And it was all timed to certain times of the day to say different things. It's well, pretty wacky. You guys have a great day lined up. Yeah, I hope yeah. you enjoy yourself and catch some of that sunshine. I Man, think we will. Dude. Yeah. And so thank you again, Mark, for I, coming all this way. And thanks for bringing the dirty books, <laughs> dirty magazines. I, I hadn't remembered that you were actually in them. I'm in them. So we'll just have a couple <laughs> giggles about these as we... Uh, thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Carry on. Pleasure, Mark. And thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.